Is anybody else cold besides me? It's kind of cool in here, isn't it? Except for one thing. The hot guitar playing of Jonathan Straker. Huh? I remember writing to him when he was in Japan like six months ago or eight months ago or whatever it was and saying, Jonathan, there's only one thing we need you to start doing right now and that is start learning the guitar. He obviously took me seriously. I told him that his job depended on it. He took that seriously. (laughs) And so so he's worked at it and you did a great job, brother. Way to go. You should be proud of yourself. If you are able to get your photograph taken this morning at some point by Megan Carter, that would be great. We're trying to put together a pictorial directory, and we're going to put that, uh, it's all going to be uh, electronic, not a hard copy. And so we'd love to have your pictures taken. If you haven't handed in a photo yet to Hope, please do. But if you want to have your picture taken uh, by Megan this morning, she would be prepared to do so uh, at some point, whether it's between class or whatever, between classes or between services. We'll get that done, so please do. And then I don't know if you noticed, uh, like Dustin's not here this morning. There are lots of teenagers that are gone and young adults that are gone also. They are in Regina, Saskatchewan this morning, and they're working with Kevin Vance and the Gentle Road Church, and we're grateful that they can uh, be there. That's a wonderful thing, and I think that God is going to bless them as they serve together. I took note that Darcy and Hope just got a new van, and when they got to Moose Jaw, two lug nuts fell off. And so they had to uh, stop and have somebody come back and pick them up and that kind of thing. But I'm guessing that that's just a matter of tires being taken off and put back on and they just didn't get the lug. You know, they always say, after 100 kilometers, check your lug nuts. How many of you do that? Some of you do. Way to go. I knew Mike would. Mr. Safety is going to do it for sure. I I sometimes do it. And uh, Darcy probably should have done it in this case. And then the last thing I just wanted to say is that Ray and Ellen McMillan are here this morning. It's great to have you with us. That's a blessing. We have for years been, we have been for years uh, supporting Ray and Ellen in their work as they travel back and forth between Canada and India and as they disciple in Canada and take young people to, uh, to disciple in India and take young people to India to disciple. And that's all wonderful. And we just praise the Lord for your work over many years and uh, just pray that God will continue to bless your work for sure. Well, you know, several times I have gone through the process of working with a church to appoint new elders. And we most recently did that back in 2013. We had done it in 2006. And as I was reflecting on this, I thought, well, I could just read the same passages that we always read in terms of elder qualifications and leadership within the church. And we actually are going to see those on the form that's going to be handed out in a little while, at least two of them, the First Timothy 3 passage and the Titus 1 passage. But instead of just going through those verses and listing qualifications and that kind of thing, what I wanted to do this morning was to talk about some mistakes that I think churches make when they go about appointing new shepherds within the church. And I'm hoping that in the course of talking about the mistakes that we make, that we'll actually be able to set some priorities, some positive priorities, in terms of what this should look like as we consider the task of appointing new elders. And if you're new with us this morning, or if you're a visitor this morning, you're thinking, oh, I came on the Sunday where they're talking about elders and appointing new elders. That is true, no doubt about it. That's what we're doing. 
However, I would like to think that we're going to say some things about leadership within the church, which are of value to us in general. So if you're not here permanently, you're not going to be appointing new elders for us. Nonetheless, I think it's important that we talk about what it means to lead within the body of Christ. Because the fact is, leading in the body of Christ is not much different than living in the body of Christ. God wants us to live a certain way before him, and leaders are simply those who live out in a significant way this life that God has called us to. So here are some things that I think need to be thought about as churches appoint elders and ways in which we sometimes make mistakes. First, churches don't always recognize the spiritual nature of appointing elders. In fact, what we tend to do a lot of times is focus on character, which is good, but then quickly move to talking about skills and talk about things that uh, in many ways represent worldly qualities, which are not, I don't think, at the heart of what it means to be an elder, namely that we need to have those who are ultimately spiritual men. Look at this passage. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are an outstanding public speaker. Is that what it says? Not exactly. Not because you must, but because you're willing. As God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, although we would like you to be absolutely excellent in business. No, it doesn't seem to say that. It says, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock because of your outstanding ability to lead a small group. Well, no, it doesn't say that. And then it says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And I just think it's interesting. This passage links together some qualities that have very little to do with abilities and a whole lot to do with one's heart and one's spirituality. It's a different kind of thing to lead in the church than it is to lead in the business community. And a lot of times we've made this jump. We've said, well, you know, we want people who lead well in the business community, who do a great job there, who are recognized and have status. And, and then churches appoint people like that sometimes to their it's the biggest mistake they can make. Because that's not ultimately what it means to lead in the church of Jesus Christ. Look at this passage. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And the word overseer, by the way, means supervisor. Somebody who supervises. We talk about those who are shepherds, and that's exactly right. It's good that we talk about that. That's a different kind of person than a supervisor. We talk about an elder, and elders had a special place within Judaism, a certain status, and neither are they overseers. There is a sense of supervisory responsibility here. But notice how this is tied specifically to the church of God, which is bought by the blood of Christ. And so what we're really talking about here is those who are, after the model of Jesus, willing to sacrifice themselves 
even to the point of of making significant sacrifices within their their lives their role as Christians to the good of the church which sometimes requires a great deal of sacrifice you know i think those think of those who have served within the past as elders it's amazing to me the hours that they spend the contributions they make, the times when they get the, the phone call that they don't want to get, where they have to talk to people who are distressed, people who are hurting. And I say that the phone call they don't want to get, but the point is that they do actually want to get those phone calls. But it's hard. It's difficult. And they're called to just this kind of service. Well, there's at least a couple of things here which I think are significant at this point in terms of recognizing the the depth of this commitment and call the first is they really do represent and emulate the role of Christ and that's clear in both the passages that we looked at they are following after the chief shepherd Peter says in their role as elders and this is significant you can't follow after and emulate the role of Christ without being willing to make sacrifices and to put yourself out there in a significant way on behalf of the church and the second is they're given the role they have by God being appointed by the Holy Spirit. Yes, we go through a process. But we believe that when we go through the process of appointing elders in the church, it is not just a human endeavor. That God is part of the process. That the Holy Spirit is part of the process. And when men are appointed to leadership within the church as a role of elder, God is with them. God is blessing them. The Spirit is aligned with them and aligning them in Him. There's a coming together of God's will and the church's will through prayer as elders are appointed. And this needs to be taken, I think, far more seriously than it sometimes is. So, first, we don't always recognize the spiritual act of appointing elders it is spiritually significant it's theologically significant it's linked directly to who Jesus is and we need to take that seriously secondly when the church appoints elders they don't pay them appropriate respect and appropriately honor their authority we know this passage we've seen it before have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. And yet this is not exactly the way we always conduct ourselves. There are times when elders are not honored appropriately, and their work is therefore not a joy, but becomes a burden. And so after a few years of service, elders say, you know what? I've had it. I can't do this anymore. I can't take it anymore. And this is not at all the way we need to treat them or the attitude with which they need to serve in response to how we treat them. And so I'm looking forward to years of the kind of relationship that I have with our elders right now and the relationship that our church has with our elders. It's a good one. I don't sense that our elders are feeling like they have this burden that is absolutely joyless. And we just need to continue that perspective and attitude toward those who serve. 
Well, a third mistake that is sometimes made is that they place too much priority, churches do, on public persona, speaking skills, and business acumen. And I've kind of said this already, but it really is true, and it merits saying it again. The fact is, is that such skills, from what I can see, receive absolutely no biblical weight. In other words, to say, well, these are the kind of things that we're really looking for in an elder, is in one sense unbiblical. It doesn't mean that it's anti-biblical. It's just not at the heart of what God's talking about when he goes and lists in Scripture the kinds of things that he wants elders to be. What does receive weight is something like this. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. And look at these words. Not so with you. Now that's interesting because the church then is being asked to give authority to those who upon receiving that authority immediately say, I'm not going to allow this authority to be somehow exercised in such a way that the church feels the imprint or the pulse or the power of that authority. Instead, what the church feels is the impulse and the imprint of servanthood. Servant hearts are what is communicated, not authority. Even though we do, in fact, as a church, put authority within the hands of those who serve. So not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. And so if you're thinking about being a shepherd, 1 Timothy 3.1 says that you can actually desire that task. But if you do, recognize that in desiring the task of being an overseer, that you are actually called to be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's a completely different kind of service than what we typically think of when we think of those who lead. But this is how it's supposed to be in the church. Fourth thing. Churches oftentimes make a mistake when they place too little emphasis on a shepherd's ability to lead by carrying out discipleship in the church and among the lost. Look at this line from 2 Timothy 2.2. And the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. It's the process of discipleship. It's the process of mentoring and taking people from one place in Christ to another place. Now, it's interesting. We do have this passage as well. The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those whose work is preaching and teaching. And so we need elders who are willing to actually talk to others about Jesus, publicly proclaiming the gospel when it's called for. We need those who are willing to take on the office of teaching and in that way, disciple and bring along those who need to know something about Christ or to deepen their faith. And so, 1 Timothy 3.2 says that it's good for elders to be 
apt to teach. But the core of this, I would say, is in the task of discipleship. We do need, it would be great to have elders who are always ready to teach. And I mean in a public kind of way, teach a Bible class or whatever. But the core of this is the notion of teaching others to be what Christ wants them to be, whether that's in public teaching or personal relationship. And so we need elders who will disciple others, mentor others, bring others along in the faith of Jesus Christ. Well, those are some mistakes, I would say, that churches make in the process of appointing new elders. I'd like to think that in the process that we're about to go through, that we won't be making those kinds of mistakes. One of the things that we did not make a mistake in is in three years ago, appointing Ernie Amante to be one of our shepherds. If you spent any time around Ernie at all, you have been blessed by his attitude. You've been blessed by his devotion to Christ. You've been blessed by his willingness to be all that God wants him to be. Several years ago now, Ernie had a stroke. And it's been difficult for him to function in all the ways that he would love to function as an elder. But his heart and his willingness and all of that have never changed. One of the things that's going to happen as we make this transition and appoint new elders is that Ernie is going to step down from the responsibility that he's had in serving one of our shepherds. And this morning, we want to be able to honor Ernie appropriately for his service. And so, Ernie, I would love for you to come and join me up here if you would, please. And if we could have the elders that are here, if you could come up as well, that would be great. Come on up, brother. It's good to see you. During the entire time that I've been in Calgary, I don't know of anybody who has been as um, friendly with others and willing to jump in and serve when opportunity afforded him the way that Ernie has. I don't know of anybody who has been as uh, consistently positive every time you meet him. Like, have you ever seen Ernie Amante without a big smile on his face? It's just true. He's always greeting. He's always talking to others. He's always got this positive perspective. And there is one reason. It's because Jesus Christ is his Lord. And he makes that clear. He has always made that clear. And from the very beginning that Ernie became an elder, it was obvious that he just wanted to serve. And so we've been grateful, Ernie, for your service and your willing heart. I'm so grateful for you and Christy and the way in which you work in our church family. It's just a blessing to have had you as a shepherd. And we do have today a plaque that we'd like to hand to you and to commemorate your service at the Calgary Church of Christ. And this says, The Calgary Church of Christ, in appreciation to our shepherd Ernie Amante, for years of selfless service and for leadership in the church by which you've helped to advance the cause for which Christ died, May 15, 2016. So God bless you, brother. We're, we're going to miss your service as a shepherd, but we also are looking forward to the ways in which you're going to continue to serve and honor God in our place. 
It's a rich blessing. Can I lead us in prayer, please? Let me pray. Holy Father, you have blessed us richly with Ernie's service. And God, we thank you for his heart. We thank you for his life. We thank you for his example. We thank you for his wife and the way in which she too serves in our body. Father, we're grateful for the example that Ernie is to all of us. And we're so grateful, God, for the communication link that he is with our Filipino community. Ernie has played a crucial role in our church family over the years. And we just acknowledge and praise you, God, for that. Father, we pray continued blessings on him as he continues to honor and serve you in this place. And we pray that despite his uh, no longer serving in an official capacity as elder, that the way in which he shepherds others, the way that he shares the gospel, the way that he builds fellowship uh, between brothers and sisters and himself, Father, we just pray that all those things would continue and that you would just watch over Ernie and Christy as they continue their walk in you. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen. Thanks. You are very welcome. God bless you. Now we have at this point some forms that are going to be handed out. If you want to, uh, Bud's going to hand some out. Looks like Mark's going to hand some out as well. These are nomination forms for elders. And as you get these, uh, we're just going to quickly go through uh, some instructions. It's pretty self-explanatory really. If you have a form, I would love it if you would look at the top there in the bold print. It says, please carefully read this form. Consider carefully the descriptions offered of elders and use the final page to recommend to the elder selection committee those men you think should serve as elders at the Calgary Church of Christ. Please do not recommend any of our current elders. They will all be continuing in their roles as elders for the time being. Please devote this matter to prayer before making your recommendations. In fact, we're not even going to put the box out this morning so that no one can fill theirs out and turn them in today because we want you to spend time in prayer. We don't want you to just write down a few names this morning and turn that in. Completed forms should be turned into the Connection Center no later than June 5th, 2016. And if you have any questions, please contact one of the elders or Kelly. Section A simply gives a brief schedule for what's going to take place. Section B includes a description of the role of an elder, shepherd, overseer. And so we encourage you to read through that. You'll notice that number one there specifically talks about what it means to be an elder as part of a group. What do we expect of our eldership as a body of servants? And then... Number two talks about expectations for individual elders, what this might look like for an individual to serve. And then I want you to turn to the last page that has at the head section C. Please complete and place this portion of the form in the box at the Connection Center. So you can just tear off the back page when you've completed that, fill that out, and place it in the box. And please sign it and then print your name. I don't know that the elders will just refuse to accept nomination forms that aren't signed, but my guess is that they won't carry the same weight as those that are signed. 
So please make sure that you sign your elder form and then turn those in. And we want them to be turned in with June 5th as the final date. Okay? Again, if you have any questions about all of that, feel free to ask one of the elders. You can ask me. And we will continue with what I think is going to be a healthy process of appointing additional shepherds in our church.